0: Hello and very good afternoon. Welcome to Aspen Waite Live. I hope you've had a good weekend. I'm delighted that you can join us uh, for today's show. And if you're joining us on the podcast a little bit later on, then uh, a welcome to you as well. And a warm welcome uh, to you and a warm welcome to uh, Mr. Paul Waite, uh, the CEO of Aspen Weight, who joins me as always on our regular uh, Monday. I want to say rant then, but I'm not going to say that. Our, our regular Monday show, Paul.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, Do you say rants? Is that the word you used? Well,
0: I was going to, only because of the conversation we were just having off air. So I felt like that would just fall off the no, tongue. Right, it's but not rant, It's not. It? We're
1: just like, just like two mates having a chat in the in the bar who know what we're talking about. You know. Yeah. That's, and of course you know we now we now um, flushed with the buoyancy of Aspen Wake Radio actually existing, and I don't know how many text messages and emails I got over the weekend even telling me what song was playing now it was their favorites and things like that you know and uh, yeah so uh, uh my, only, my only thoughts on that is obviously um we haven't really properly started yet so we haven't actually got uh anything happening which you know shows uh you know what we're like as people etc but um we've got that um imminently happening so
0: yeah we have and- a
1: incredibly proud moment
0: yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I think I, I shared a message with you on Friday, and um, it, it was. Uh, you know, this is your your company. you you started this uh, many many years ago, um, and this is. You've talked about it on Friday a little bit in some of the videos we did of, of a couple of years ago, and you had the idea for the radio. And I've been here for six months, and I'm so passionate about radio. And I felt that moment for you, and I felt it for me, and it was just something we've been working on since we had that cup of tea. And it 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 just was a moment on Friday at four o'clock. Once that launched with the um, with a little uh, link that we did, it was it was lovely. It was really nice.
1: No, it's nice as well. Um, I actually got um quite a lot of um, so you know, one particular email, for instance, someone said, um, "What a wonderful opening choice of song. Nearly made me cry. Poignant. So relevant. You know, couldn't be more proud of you. Um, you know." I had quite a few people say, "I'm just sending this to you, you know, uh, just to tell you what I think, you know." Da, da, da. And it was um, quite amazing actually to see um, what's been built, you know. Uh, and you know, people like Darren saying he was dancing around the allotment, you know, yeah. to the songs and all that, you know. It was just. Uh,
0: I enjoyed really, that. Really nice. I enjoyed yeah. that. We're going to st- uh, well, let's start with radio because. Um, there's so many things we want to talk about today, but
1: well, stop us moaning about everything. Yeah,
0: it, w- it will. And and this is a so if you don't know and you're listening to the podcast or you're watching uh, this online and, and you've not heard too much about this, we've launched our own radio station, and at the moment, as Paul just um, mentioned, we we are building towards the th- the launch a week on Friday of the very first show on Aspen Weight Radio, which will be fittingly Paul's show at the moment you can listen to music and wonderful music we've put together i would say the best of um rock and guitar for for evenings and weekends so so many people getting in touch at the weekend telling me that they were listening as well and then in the daytime just a, a little bit different more popular music more music that you will um you know you may hear on other radio stations um with our own touch to that as well The music has been programmed very thoroughly and we we will build on that. And Paul's got some wonderful shows just on his own with the A to Z um, that he's going to do. But please go to aspenweightradio.com and click on the player. It opens up. It stays. I know this is getting a bit technical, but it stays on your browser, on your computer or your phone. Even if you go and look at other things, it will just stay playing. Uh, That's the idea of a radio player. And you can listen to us all day in the evening, get you through whatever you're doing. If you're working on the allotment like Darren perfect um but please go and check it out aspenweightradio.com click on it and you can listen
1: i gotta tell you drew just put the hugest piece of sandwich in his mouth i've ever seen it was it was like oh, oh credibility shot uh
0: one of our, our um uh, production team uh that he is very good at what he does as well drew is uh <laughs> is, is deciding to have his lunch whilst we're recording this um depending on yeah. what time you're listening to of course it may or may not make <laughs> make you hungry but let, let's let go back to just again very quickly before we move on to other stuff that the radio as you said paul we, we're going to pre- we we want to be personal that's what the raid radio does and we'll talk more about that later but we will have some incredible shows on this station starting with yours
1: hmm. well yeah i think you know as we've discussed before there's um i think there's uh well, there's not really, there's not really a, a, a station I can think of where uh, you could, for instance, um, listen to uh, music that, for instance, the the presenter has any sort of opinion on, as opposed to I'm playing this this song, now, that's probably the thing that would most come over. Um, I think a lot of um, so if you took the more, I think radio stations sort of come into several different groups, don't you? You know, they get you've got the sort of very amateurish. Um, you know, I'm almost doing this inside my front room sort of attitude. And then you go all the way through to um, uh, two people in particular, I'd say you've got the sort of Steve Wright way of doing things hmm. and um, uh, Absolute Radio that I listen to quite a lot, uh, particularly in the mornings. And I would say what what is um, prevalent in both of those is they're very up themselves. Yeah. So it, it's very... Um, clicky you know aren't i clever um not sincere that'd be a good word lack in sincerity um uh and probably in the case of absolute radio a lot of talk um which is self-centered not really for the benefit of the listener i would say yeah i'm just being really really honest now um whereas what we know what we what we have striven to do um is uh is to make it a hugely entertaining uh, process where you feel uplifted, talked to uh, a few jokes, a, a, a few honest observations on the world. Hopefully, um, with my shows, people, for the most part, will leave the show knowing something they didn't know before. Yeah. You know, I think the gift of knowledge, for instance, is a very powerful thing um i want i want to pass on my love of certain bands to other people you know um so i think you know these are these these are all this these this is sort of a market positioning that doesn't exist in any other radio station in my opinion
0: anyone that's listening to this that does know about the um about the radio industry will know that Uh, Global and Bauer, who are two big media groups, um, have actually very recently, this time last year, um, they brought a whole host of licences for local stations, not BBC stations, but local commercial stations. And what that does is it means that you are listening to uh, perhaps a show, let's say Heart London, for example, will be across (laughs) huge amounts of networks across the country that would have usually had their own local um, yeah. or more more personal as Paul was saying um presenters and now they they have the sort of generic um nationwide <laughs> presenters and it's um I'm just getting a bit of feedback there it was it, it, it threw me a little bit um but but that's what we're trying to do we're tr- everyone would say to you that you know radio is this wonderful thing that's been going for years and years and years but personal presenters real presenters is what the industry is missing and and don't get me wrong global and bauer you know they do a great job They're, they're, they're there they're commercial stations to make a profit and they've got a business plan to do that but they have taken away a lot of personal presenters and real radio and i think everyone would that knows anything about the industry would agree with what what you said paul
1: yeah so let's see where we go
0: Yeah, we will. And we'll keep you updated as well. But do go and tune in, as we said. You can go to aspenweightradio.com and you can click on the player. It's as easy as that. It opens up whether you're on the computer, tablet, phone, (laughs) and you can listen to us uh, all day. Right, let's move on to talking about a few things that have have been on our minds. I I like to feel that Mondays is Hmm. a little bit of a, you know, Ben and Paul go to the virtual pub and have a bit of a (laughs) counselling session. Um, We are expecting, everybody is expecting and I don't know if it will be today, but for Boris to lay out the plans for us. And I think I would be i think I would be right in saying that people have been very opinionated over the last three or four days of what they want to see, and we're all in a little bit of a hiatus of don't know what's going to happen. 50% of mm-hmm. people have got these views, 50% have got the others. It's time that the government just told us what the plan is.
1: Yeah, I think the problem is with... Um one of the groups of fifty percent is um you know they're 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 um they're not people who are gonna suffer from continued lockdown or perhaps um be people who will be paying for the cost of what's happened for many years to come. Sorry about that there we are
0: yeah that that's that that's that we were chatting just before we started this show, and we've covered this a little bit before but the interesting thing with the debate at the moment, when we're we're split fifty fifty, is that there's people that are taken into account, like you do in business, the economy, and how you know fractious that's going to be, and how how much of an impact that's going to have on, you know, even deaths. You know, let's let's, let's just put it out there that that people will lose their lives through mental health, through uh, yeah. illness, as you've mentioned before, and through not having jobs and through businesses closing down against this virus that. We're all a little bit afraid of, um, but we don't know enough about. And it, it is such a balancing act. And I, I think I said to you before I came on, I don't want to put myself in a position today where I have no opinion and I don't want to put myself in a position <laughs> where people think, well, he's obviously in that camp and, and he's not being very understanding to the others. But it's, it's hard to get your head around. And we are all looking for leadership. I've said this on a number of occasions, but we are all looking for leadership right now.
1: Yeah, I don't, see, I don't actually see it. Um, necessarily as a uh divisive issue about you know whether you're in this camp or that camp and uh you know getting into a debate about um uh you know whether it's all right that COVID people live and cancer people die, all that sort of stuff. I see it far more simply than that. Um you know and and, and this'll be interesting to see, you know, whether people respond to this or not. Um we've got um the anniversary of the E Day Uh, coming up at the end of this week and I think if you think about this is my opinion anyway why did why did the country put up with untold misery why did Londoners show probably the greatest resolution of any group of people in history as indeed did the Maltese for instance you know who were bombed day and night by the Germans uh, for months and months and months on end Um, there was this amazing resilience in the face of the most incredible adversity you can imagine uh and we came through to May the 8th 1945 and we won right and you ask yourself why why was that possible right it was possible because a group of stubborn totally resilient people who who basically said to hitler Do you know what we'd rather die We'd rather die than, than do a deal with you. And we certainly ain't going to let you invade our island. And if you do come in our island, we're going to bloody give you a bloody nose, old chap. And, you know, we'll sit there and we'll be there in our pitchforks and we'll give you a jab at the arse, you know, you bloody hun. You know, and, and to me, you see, you get a lot of um, talk comparing what's going on now with the war, you know, like the two things are comparable. I, I find that totally offensive Actually, I find it obnoxious and offensive because what my grief, my beef is, isn't because I don't understand science or I don't understand the risks. It's because uh, there is no common sense in telling me that I cannot sit in a bench for 53 minutes one mile away from another person. I totally and utterly object in every more than i can tell you to being told who i can and who i cannot talk to whether i can get in my car and drive one mile ten miles a hundred miles a thousand miles that should be my choice yeah right and so my i'm getting to the point now where and there was there was a, a very good article in um, i can't remember if it was the times or the mail yesterday about this um where um it was being talked about the word discrimination was starting to be used now, which of course starts to happen when enough people start to be dissatisfied with what's happening. You know, so people were starting to say that, you know, there was active discrimination against 70 year olds and that, you know, um, you know, there seems to be a sort of a, uh, a feeling amongst certain Tory ministers of whom Michael Gove and, um, Matt Hancock would probably be the two I could think of That's sort of like, well, if you're 70 years old um, and, you know, this needs to carry on like it is now for another year, that's what will happen. Hmm. Well, no, it isn't. You know, there's no way you can expect uh, a 70, you know, a 70-year-old, an 8-year-old person to sit in their house for a year. You know, it's just not, not on. No. You know, I would personally – I, th- I actually I'd like to think that I would probably go to prison over it. That's how strongly I feel about it, you know. Um I think there comes a point you got to say no. You know, this is not right. So I think, you know, this is not for me about um whether COVID-19 is the world's most serious second most serious or whatever uh it is. It's a, it's about civil liberty. It's about the fact that we're supposed to live in a democracy. Um I even had a I almost had a row with my own mother yesterday. Who said to me, "Oh, I really think the government are doing a good job." And I went, "Are you serious?" I said, "Are you serious, Mum?" And then she said to me, "And I Why 'Why don't you go and live in a, Why don't you go and emigrate to communist China then?'" That's what I said to her. You know, <laughs> um, you know, just to show that even inside your own family, at the closest level, you know, you don't always agree. You know, but that's what it's all about to me. It's about civil liberties and justice and fairness and democracy.
0: I wonder how much of it is I want to use these words very carefully protecting people. I want to use an example that we talked about this morning in our fantastic webinar that we have as a as a company every Monday. And we always there are always different things come up and and this morning um the, this issue came up of what the announcements going to be and how we're going to get back to normal and there are a few uh, different opinions. And one of the issues that were raised were businesses. So you said something this morning which was look we're going to learn from what we are now more productive with and how life works better but we're also going to have that balance with freedom of movement and people being able to get back to some form of normality Um. and one of the things that you said was look it it may be you've got two people in a certain position in a certain office that just come in every other day and that's how we go about getting back to normal life. It is one of the issues here and I'm, I'm trying to say this really sensitively that the government has just got one blanket rule for everybody just throw a blanket over everyone because bi- there are some businesses that won't have that approach that you have and there are some people that will run in businesses and through friends i know them that have huge amounts of people in offices and will just say it as soon as they're allowed to right you're all back in and and we, we don't really we don't care we're not care about any distance we're not moving desks we're not we're not thinking about your lives and <laughs> the fact that you've got vulnerable people you're all just back in and if you don't want to be back in you've not got a job is is that the mm. problem
1: um so if, if i if i um uh, interpret uh what i think the question is there so is is this a one size fits all solution yes is it um dumbing down to the lowest denomin- denominator that isn't necessarily an intelligence, so it can be dumbing down to the most foolhardy person. Hmm. You know? Um I heard reports in the last few days about people um uh, openly having parties. You know, in, in people's eye in people's eye shop, you know. Um So, you know what the problem is, this is my this is actually where my disagreement with my mother started. Um, you know, I was basically talking about, you know, the fact that I didn't need to be told how to run my business by somebody else in a manner which kept my employees alive. And my mum's point was, yeah, but everyone's not you, are they? Yeah. You know, um, so it rather comes down then. So do you have do you have a, a, a government policy which basically says um, democracy disappears because I can't trust Uh, a sufficient percentage of the population to behave in the right way therefore we've got to treat everyone like they're all stupid yeah um and and impose rules on them you know uh i think that's i think that's what it is
0: yeah i think it's probably also that what similar to what you've just said it all goes off the same thing is is that how do you i think the government just runs out of once they run out of ideas, maybe that's disrespectful, maybe they've got lots of <laughs> intelligent people that have come up with these ideas, but almost runs out of ideas of, well, how do we make sure everything's open, but also put rules in place where, you know, you're only allowed 10 people in a restaurant at a time, and you're only allowed to, you know, have tables within certain distances. You're, you're only allowed, you, you're queuing systems in shops and opening times. It all, sometimes with me, it just feels like it's too complicated for, for them to think about, so it's easy just to shut everything. And, i don't know if that's being harsh or not
1: no i think i mean let's be honest you know i mean i think you know you were not i in particular have been quite outspoken about um some of the things that have happened but you know to be fair so let's take um trains from 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 everything i've read i believe that from may the 18th uh a full train the full regular train network is going to be reintroduced okay so i believe that to be factually correct so two weeks today, um, the trains will be exactly as they were two two months ago okay mm. now i've read uh you know and obviously I think this is probably true I've read a, a paper which says, in order for trains to properly exercise social distancing to the point that is currently recommended, um, some trains will only operate at fifteen percent capacity one five. Right now, a number of things come out of that. One is um, it rather begs uh, the rather begs on a practical level. It seems to me that as a commuter, you you run a very serious risk of not being able to catch the train. Yeah, because there isn't any space for you to sit. Um, you already get this to some extent. You know, it's one of the you know I catch the train a lot. I try to catch the train as m- much as I can. And one of my beefs as a very opinionated person like me. Is because I live in the sticks, I, I'm always complaining about being given third-class treatment, particularly on the way back from London. And I, I say to the to the guard, um, basically, if you live if you live south of Bristol, you don't give a shit. And actually, no one disagrees with me. They don't, yeah. you know. Uh, they, and if you live between London and Bristol, that's fine. You get treated really well, and as soon as you get to Bristol, you're expendable. You know that's how I put it. So. You know, if they have to stop for no reason at Western Uphill, which happens all the time, and you stick in a bloody queue for some stupid little cross country train for whatever reason they choose, that's what they'll do because they don't care, you know? And and so um I already feel that to some extent where you get on is 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 an influence on on your customer experience. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So clearly if, if if say, you know, in my case I might get on a train that started off at Exeter or Plymouth, or something, you know, that's the sort of, that's sort of, that would be realistic for me. Well, obviously, if I'm getting on at Highbridge or Western Supermare, which would be the two places I would normally most often get on the train, um I could be the 10th stop. Yeah. And then there's probably, what, you know, another, maybe another seven stops to London after that. So, clearly, the earlier you get on the train, the more likely you are to sit where you want to sit, um and so on and so forth. So, Clearly there has to be a very serious issue about lack of capacity. Um then of course you've got things like um how how if you're if you're gonna be running all your trains at fifteen percent, then they're gonna make big losses, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's
1: so I don't know what the answer to that is either.
0: I'm just reading a comment from Rachel uh, um here. Two meter distancing may be eased for work, employers uh, will not be required to maintain social distancing of two meters between uh, workers. Government proposals to reopen the UK's workplaces. Um, one of the strategies is to increase um, additional measures, include hygiene procedures, physical screens, and use of protective equipment. I think p- part of the issue is just re- reading that. Um, part of the issue. I did read a few of these things across the weekend. Is our inability to be able to get the um, the right protective equipment? It seems you know even for our NHS staff, let alone for. Uh, businesses um interesting point as well about hygiene you know again it goes back to the individual businesses how many businesses when it's not being funded by the government and are already in difficult positions are really going to say we're going to employ a full-time cleaner or we're going to make sure every surface is cleaned every night that that's that's part of the problem as well um but interesting points from rachel
1: yeah i mean you know again as i said i think one thing we can agree is that Um, as you rightly say, you know, a lot of the decisions that have to be made are unenviable, Mm. you know. So how would Paul Waite go about running the trains? I'm not entirely sure at the moment, to be Mm. honest with you. I'm pretty sure I'd back myself to come up with a good solution, but at this moment in time, I'm not entirely sure what that solution is. It seems to me, you know, coming back to uh, the core debate, really it comes down to collective responsibility, doesn't it? Yeah. So, if you take the war analogy, right? Um, what Hitler thought that by bombing London, uh, well, for a start, he thought we'd give up straight away because he didn't really want to fight us. This is true. He didn't really want to be fighting us anyway because he likes us, and that's true. Yeah, yeah. he didn't want to be fighting against Britain in the first place. He he didn't think that we would get too upset about invading Czechoslovakia, you know, or Poland. He just thought we'd let him go and do it because we we didn't want to have more people die, you know um and then of course you know so he, he he didn't think you know he underestimated our resolve to to be true friends to get in an weight plug yeah. um and then of course you know if you're doing a quick tour of the world uh, the war um you know we we had the temerity to launch um for the first time a raid back against berlin um fairly early in on the war and actually uh bombed berlin uh and there was the very famous speech, which I love, you know, in a very b- bizarre way, where Hitler basically goes, Three th- he goes, via 1000 a thousand, thousand, 6000 bomber. So basically what he's saying, if, if, if the Britons drop 100 bombs, I'll drink a th- drop a thousand. If they drop 200 bombs, I'll drop 2,000. And there's a really famous speech where he goes, Via thousand bomber, six thousand bomber. He's doing all this, you know. Yeah. Um, And that's what he did. You know, you you bastards, you you, you fought back. I'm not going to let that happen. So, you know, you then had months of uh, most imaginable uh, situation for a city, you know, one of the biggest cities in the world, that's basically on fire all night, every night. And yet those people refused to give in. He thought that what would happen after about three nights that all the Londoners would go, "Hey, oh we don't want this," you know. Hit, Churchill would get ousted in some populist revolts, you know. But that's not what happened. The fact is, is that the British people, right? the the, the intelligent ones, the not intelligent ones, uh, the strong ones, the weak ones, they they stood together as one. And so, you know, we can we can all sit here and think about idiots you know we could come up with all sorts of different scenarios you know if you just take football you know you get the footballer that's getting sent off all the time or uh you know the rugby player there are are several who who seem to be always giving away a penalty in the last five minutes to lose the game you know and you think about words like discipline you know where's the where's the discipline in your team play so you know I i think ultimately you've got in a democracy, because that, that's what you choose to have. You don't have to live in a democracy. We could live in an autocracy or a communist state. You have to... You Basically, the government's job is to govern, you know? It's to advise, not to dictate. That's my view. And I think I would have no problem whatsoever. I know, you know, so if you take us, uh, I I banned Darren Horn from coming to our offices in Christmas. Hmm. Why? Because he'd been to China. That's how far ahead of the game i was uh, i insisted that we bought sanitizer we got rid of all our normal towels in our offices we bought uh paper towels um all that stuff right why did i do that because uh, what like, if you just look at this sensibly, right why would you as an employee employer regardless of your humanity why would you want your employees to get sick well yeah exactly yeah why would you want yourself to get sick so the best thing is don't don't you know i mean i can work out pretty well myself that um you know if if i can if i can run an effective business with very little downside to me by doing things like getting people in the same department to stagger their days
0: yeah
1: but to me that's but i don't need the government to turn around to me and tell me i have to do that now you know i accept that there might be businesses as you say you know as you put it you know um, would just basically cram everyone back into the office and say, get on with it. And I, and I and I think perhaps, you know, perhaps there is a place for ad hoc visits or something or, you know, or, or, or even saying to employees, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with this. I would be very happy if the government said um, if employees feel that they're being put at risk by their employer, there's this helpline. Helpline. Uh, and they could read that. I would, hap- I, I would, I would very happily sign up to that as an employer, because I know that no one would know about me. Yeah, that's not the same thing as enforcing undemocratic measures on somebody.
0: I wouldn't encourage this, but I, and I, I won't reveal any names, and will and you will never know. But um, I do know of somebody who for a friend of a friend, worked for a local government council um, a while ago, probably six weeks ago, and said, look, I work um, in the post room and um, I, you know, I, I handle all the posts. I shouldn't be going to each individual department and, you know, having to, to collect stuff, you know, people should, we should have some sort of system where there's pigeonholes. I'm worried about myself. I'm worried about, I don't yeah. want to get sick. And this was an yeah. older person. And that local yeah. government turned around and said, nah, just get on with your job. We're not changing any processes. That's the way you do it. So this person actually ended up going off, stressed, very stressed about it, on full pay for six weeks because of doctor's right. letter. Said that it's just mind numbingly stupid that businesses could yep. be so dismissive of their employees and what how they're feeling. And that's a local government. So that tells you everything you need to know about the situation we're at. I don't know. That's. Yeah, um,
1: no, but I think you know. I think the thing is, Ben. You know. It's like, you know, you get good managers, bad managers, good players, bad players, uh, good employers, bad employers. You know, it's just the way of the world. You can't have you can't have a democracy where. Uh, so, for instance, you know, um, you know, I, 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 I say this on purpose and I'm not saying it's quite as bad as I'm going to say. But, you know, one of the things I, I, I always say when I'm advising other people is uh, life is unfair. Get over it. The English legal system is unfair. Get over it. A lot of people aren't very nice. Get over it you know so the fact is these are things we live with every day and we accept yeah it's you know what 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 we're saying here is 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 you know if you had so i'm saying you know if you had 93 percent of all businesses behaving in a dangerous fashion then you couldn't allow that could you no no um but i don't think they would what i'm saying is i think um i think i think actually the problem is of anything that people people have got the message too much not not the other way around. I think the government has, has, is actually singly responsible for the problem now, which is people don't want to go back to work. They've caused that because they've made everyone think that if, if they, it, it, that, you know, that um they're, they're all going to fall into, into hell if, if you go outside and, you know, you've only really got to see the anger, you know, the reported anger that, you know, I, I think the, one of the most interesting things I've seen, which horrified me as a, as a libertarian, was there's a, a village called Pill um, in, in Bristol, and there's a well-known cycle uh, cycle pathway through the village, and it's it. And of course, you know because more and more people are cycling now. Uh, people were cycling, you know, from various different uh, places in Bristol to go uh, on this cycle path to Pill and through, and then go back again, and. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. There was one guy there in particular, I remember, and he's, like, swearing at them, you know, we ain't effing got this in our village. You fuck off back to Bristol, you bastard, sort of thing, you know. Um, you know and, and you've got to ask yourself, why. where has that anger and fear come from?
2: Hmm.
1: Well, it, it's, it's, it's born out of ignorance, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah, one of the things that's interesting now, they, they are starting, you know, we are actually starting to see some some facts you know so as far as i'm aware i believe this is true now i think it's now scientifically established that you can't catch it twice i think that's definitely been established once and for all you know
2: yeah.
1: it's also been established that it's almost impossible to catch coronavirus uh whilst you are traveling on a bike right so cyclists pretty much it's almost impossible for you to get coronavirus cycling uh on a bike at all right And I think um, one of the things that the government apparently has now got, so one of the things that's going to happen in this um, uh, easing, or whatever you want to call it, I I fear it's not going to be quite as good as that, but whatever the announcements are, I I believe, and I think this is going to happen for sure, the government has now been advised, I I read this yesterday with some degree of humour because... um, uh, I think you know most of us with half a brain cell could have worked this out without this. So the, the comment I read was, uh, the government has taken on board the latest scientific advice, which is that um, the coronavirus doesn't like outdoors, basically. So it doesn't like the outdoors, and therefore um, there's going to be a massive relaxation in things like how many times people are allowed to um, to, to, to go for a walk a day. Um on the whole, people will be allowed much more social interaction out of doors because they've now apparently been told by the scientists that uh that is that is a safe thing to do, yeah uh, so you know uh, go on.
0: I was just yeah, I was just going to say and uh, you know, like to your point it's um you know inc- we 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 could have you know, known that ages ago, and to your point, over the last six weeks, I think you've been been saying that people, you know, outdoors is it's um, it's almost a with the state that we live in, it's a right. You know, you should be able to go out and do these things. One thing I wanted to add on that, Paul, was that we're coming into a period now where I know it's not so nice. As I look out my window today, it's not particularly. It's an okay. Oh, look at mine. Yeah, you've got a bit of sun. I've not got the sun here, but we are coming into a period where we know that the British weather will change massively over the next few weeks and reach 30 degrees. Is that right? It it, it does most years. At the end of June, beginning of July, the average temperatures are very high. People aren't going to stay indoors. They're just not. I I don't care which side of the fence you're on. At the moment, I I cycle through fields and, you know, greeneries and, and there's people on there playing badminton and doing things now. I think people are a bit fed up with it. (laughs) <laughs> what, once this temperatures get to 30 degrees, you're telling me that people aren't going to be on the beaches. I don't think the government gonna have any choice but to relax the outdoors, rightly so because of the evidence. But people are going to flock to the beaches and to the green areas when we get above 25 degrees. That's for sure. We have a love of sunshine in this country. Um, I'm not a massive lover. Uh, I, I'm not as fussed about a 30 degree day. I like a nice 20 degree day to get on my bike. <laughs> but a lot of people love 30 degrees and they'll be flocking outside so i think the government have probably realized as well we're going to have to relax that because we just can't police it
1: yeah i think um you know i've read quite a few um, accounts which basically seem to be suggesting that the police have almost given up Mm. although having said that um i had a an email from one of my staff this morning that said that her boyfriend uh had been stopped Uh, on a routine journey of no more than five miles where he was genuinely shipping his son uh, from one from one destination to another and the police actually insisted on looking at the um, the child the child carrier you know Hmm. which seems uh, an incredible um overreaction uh, and rather contrary so it seems to me it's like you know it's like we're saying i think that um it's all to do and this is a problem it, it, a lot of it is down to uh the luck of the draw you know which which copper you come across what mood he's in at the time uh how many other people there are around all this sort of thing you know
0: yeah i think it, it's a it's, a, it's a, a definitely a challenge for for them and who knows what's going to happen over the next week? We'll obviously be debating this and discussing it more because there'll be more changes. Everybody seems to think that there will be an announcement today. I've just read on one of the news sites that um, that we're expecting, they're expecting it to be on Sunday um, that Boris announces the plans for Britain to, you know, get out of this and and get back to normal. Um, so who knows? We could be waiting all week. Um, I think a few people think it's going there's going to be more today. I'm not so sure, and I know that Paul's not so convinced that that will be the case. But look, we, we're we here to have an honest conversation. We say that every week that we come on. we This is what we're doing. We're, we're having a real business debate. Um, we're having a real debate, a life debate. And we'll continue to do so every day. And we've got different topics on during the week. We did a fantastic show on Friday. You can check it out on our YouTube channel about well uh, wellness and well-being. And I know okay. that we're going to do another one on Friday as well. And we're, we're actually going to look at the, the why we've got Friday off, why Friday's the bank holiday for the celebration for V Day. So there's, there's there's plenty to come from us all week. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, please um, subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel and you get the content uh, down to your device uh, automatically. And we'll keep this real discussion going. And please, please let us know if there's anything that you would like us to talk about. Uh, you can email us um, friend at aspen-weight.co.uk. Just... Let us know if there's anything that you think we're missing that we're not talking about. Right, before we go, I just want to reiterate again that we've got a radio station, and it's up and running, and you can listen to it right now. So please go and check it out, aspenweightradio.com. So much great music going on in your daytime, in your evenings, whatever you're doing. We'll build on that as the weeks go on. We've got plans for many a great show, including pools that I know we'll talk about nearer the time. Um, but what a lovely link now to uh the song of the day w- which we've been doing
1: which letter are we up to now we're up to q which um which doesn't actually give you much um much choice in terms of um the number of bands uh that that come under q but fortunately um there's actually two two uh legendary bands one one almost ingrained in british culture i would say in queen uh the other band which um you know, I think is a an international heavyweight as Quatza um Queen Queen of the Stone Age. Um which is um yeah probably you know one of one of my more favorite bands. Um I, I particularly liked uh, when Dave Grohl was guesting for them for a bit. Uh as Dave Grohl being one of my all time music heroes. Um so I felt really and you know, I got to queue today and I thought well you know I think one of one's duties when uh, you're doing a show is, is not just to be, you know, we were talking you know, earlier about people being self-centered and I think, you know, at the end of the day, we shouldn't forget that our job is ultimately to, to give people what they want to some extent. And I, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever that people would want to hear a queen track. Uh, so, so I decided that, you know, I'd get over myself and not be some pretentious git that I am. And uh, I would, I would go with a queen song Where I decided, I I did then consider to be, uh, to sort of come to a compromise with myself, um, you know, in terms of what I chose. So um, I got into Queen uh, probably around end of 75, I think it was. Um, uh, I remember, I probably knew every single word on uh, the Black and White album and... um, uh what was it called was was it was a day at the races um uh night Night at the opera that's right night at the opera that had bohemian rhapsody on it for instance and and there's no doubt in my opinion i think um you know i don't have a problem with this i mean i think queen continued to produce high quality music right until the end when dear old freddie you know passed on I i think some of his sort of solo efforts at the end were so emotive and one and beautiful, you know when he's talking about um almost like dying and this is a man that's dying himself, you know it's uh, quite incredible, and I think Freddie Mercury sort of became well he's always, he's almost become an institution hasn't he but um I think personally, from a point of view of someone liking music uh I think they reached their peak at the beginning, uh which is probably no surprise I think that's often true with with an artist you know they they clearly start out um, as the sort of raw, real selves. if that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and then they, so you take, you know, you take a lot of, um, take a lot of punk bands. You know, you get bands like the Stranglers, uh, the Jam. You know, and I'm, I'm really talking about Paul Weller here, where you know they start out uh, with very raw sounds, and then Paul Weller becomes, you know, a, a very studious um, songwriter. So I think what happened with Queen is they started off um, probably with a style of music. I don't really think you could compare it to anybody else that I loved. So, you know, things like, um, you know, the Seven Seas of Rye, March of the Black Queen, uh, Ogre Battle. I don't know if anybody knows that. Or, uh, if you don't know uh, those early Queen tracks, uh, in my opinion, they are by far the best. Um, wonderful story, you know, uh Certainly, you know, I don't know about yourself, Ben, but Drew and I are hugely into our fantasy fiction, you know, Game of Thrones and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And so, um, you know, I think early Queen was very much about ogres and orcs and all that sort of stuff, you know, goblins and elves and yeah. uh, goddess, you know, this sort of stuff. So uh, so for me, it had to be, I, I then really had a choice of two songs, when I think probably on balance, certainly in terms of, you know, more popular songs. My, my favorite queen song of all time is probably seven seas of rye. Um, but I, I decided reluctantly to choose killer queen, uh, by queen. And again, you know, we, I've talked nearly every day about lyrics and I just think, um, although it's, I don't think it's quite a good, as good a song as seven seas of rye. I think the lyrics in this song are fantastic, you know, well-dressed in etiquette. Um, She's a killer queen, you know, um, gunpowder gelatine, dynamite with a laser beam, guaranteed to blow your mind anytime. You know, it's um just really, you know, really just fascinating lyrics. And they you know, they're almost uh, to me, you know, I think songs stay with you and you know, I think you know, those words are so evocative. So I think um had to be any one choice, which was Queen today. So we're we're playing out with Killer Queen by Queen
0: yeah wonderful choice and, and when you mentioned you started talking about Queen there it just it gets you thinking about your favorite Queen song which I'm sure anybody watching or listening is going to do for the rest of the day now I think maybe I Want to Break Free is mine uh, I do love um, Too Much Love Will Kill You as well I think on a different sort of tone um, you know there's they're there just so many great tracks but a wonderful one that you've chosen as well I really like that one um, so there we go a couple of things to think about for the rest of the day What's your favourite Queen songs? Maybe put them in an order of one, two and three and go and listen to Killer Queen. And if you're listening on the podcast, then of course that is coming up next. Thank you so much for your company, Paul. As always, I've really enjoyed today.
1: Thank you, Mr. Ben. uh, Very enjoyable as always. It's like having a a nice little cheese sandwich with your mates. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I've never been described as that before, but uh, it's nice. that's it. We're done for the day. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Who knows? We might get some sort of announcement uh, later. But we'll be here tomorrow, whatever. We'll be here at 12:30 with Mark Carey. And we look forward to uh, seeing you again then. Thank you very much. And see you tomorrow at half past twelve.
2: Bye. She keeps in her pretty cabinet. cake, she says. Just like Marie Antoinette, building. Chris first job identity, and At any time, invitation You can't take Crime, caviar, cigarettes Well-versed in etiquette Extraordinarily nice She's a killer queen, gunpowder, jelly tea Dynamite with a laser beam Guaranteed it to blow Just like a baroness, middleman from China down to get your And then killer. again incidentally she Me a killer that killer way I'm queen. Crying. love you came naturally from Paris Because she couldn't care less Bestigious and precise She's a killer queen, gunpowder, gelatine Dynamite with a laser beam Guaranteed uh, uh, to blow your mind